Are you listening? Damn. What's good, people? It is your host, Jesse Muller, a.k.a. JMuller05, and welcome to the Ramsey's of a Fancy Football Fanatic. This week, I was lucky enough to go on John McGlynn's show, the Commissioner Evaluation, and talk about the AFC and NFC North breakdowns, the depth charts, all that fun stuff with him. You can find John McGlynn on Twitter at John McGlynn75. Um, go check out his commissioner evaluations. It's good stuff. It's really entertaining. It's thorough breakdowns, all that. So without further ado, here is the episode that I was on with John McGlynn. So take care. I hope you all enjoy the show. Welcome to the Commissioner Evaluation Show. I'm John McGlynn. You can find me on the Twitter machine at John McGlynn75. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Jesse Moeller at jmoeller05. As we do depth chart evaluations and deep dive in the AFC and NFC North. So today we are going to have a good time. We're going to go break through from quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Just go through the depth chart, kind of talk about some fantasy players, some so you know so what's going to happen if somebody gets injured, all that kind of stuff, or what to look for in a depth chart, who to pick up late, all the good stuff in fantasy football. What's been going on with you the last couple of days, Jesse? Well, I'm dealing with the lovely hand foot mouth disease from my four-year-old daughter from preschool. So life's been pretty good. Um Besides that, it's just we we just did a the beat the bridge donation run. So I did that yesterday actually, where we went to Seattle, did like a three mile run for diabetes and some type one diabetic. So we raised like over four thousand dollars to support my cousin who unfortunately passed away this year from it. Um, so that was the whole concept of doing the run this year. So we've been pretty busy with that and the run and fancy football all the time. So just that's what's been going on lately. Well, that's awesome. Let me raise the money for the charity like that. It's my mom has diabetes. My mother in law has diabetes. I need to start losing some weight myself and uh, stay away from it myself. It's, uh, you know, I've, never, I've, been, I've always been that guy to go out, drink beers, you know, mm-hmm. eat burritos, uh, have a good time. But it's getting to the point in my life where I have to start taking care of myself. I got four kids who are, you know, the, the youngest ones already graduated high school this year. So I need to start taking care of myself. I want to walk my daughters down the aisle. I want to see my kids, grandkids, you know, got a lot of things to worry about. So. Uh, it's, it is what it is. So I, I appreciate you doing things like that and keeping everybody's mind on health concerns. So thanks. Yeah. And especially raising money for those charities. That's, uh, that's super awesome. I appreciate it. And, uh, is in. I repeat. now we got my song to start the show. We'll do some depth chart valuations today. The lovely Herms MFL wrote this song for me. He's an entrance song. Herms is my guy. He's good, dude. He got them guests on the Rolodex, stopping by to talk about some Dynasty Superflex. Everybody, yo, commission's in. It's time to sit down to listen to John McGlynn. Yo, who we trading, who we fading, who we getting off the squad. Knowledge never overrated, playing for number one. And yo, McGlynn is in. It's time to let the fun begin. It's the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with John McGlynn.
John, you're on mute. Oh man, I, just I thought 15 seconds and I was like, "You're mute. okay." Thanks I thought I, I thought it was blanking out. I was like, "Dude, I can't hear anything. What's going on?" Then I looked and I was like, "Okay, okay, all right, cool, cool, cool." Uh, all right, so we're starting out with the Baltimore Ravens. We got Lamar Jackson, who uh, after a whole off season of kind of you know wishy wash, not having an agent, all that we all know the story is finally signed with the Ravens. Uh, perennial All Pro, guy's awesome. Tyler Huntley, then you got J.K. Dobbins, who should be back to 100% this year. Justice Hill, a fan favorite. Uh, I like him, but, you know, he's not J.K. Dobbins, who should be the workhorse back. Uh, also with Lamar Jackson. Then you got uh, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, OBJ, who can't seem to stay out of trouble. And then uh, the depth chart kind of falls off the radar after that with uh, James Pochet, Tyron Wallace, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, that's about it. And then you got Mark Andrews, the uh, kind of uh, the, the – the linchpin of this whole offense here, Isaiah Likely in, in his shadows in case anything goes wrong. Charlie Kohler seems to be trending sometimes on player profile. I'm not sure why, but uh, that's it. You got Patrick Richard, the lineman that plays fullback to kind of beat, to beat people up when it's short distance yardage. But tell me about this Baltimore Ravens uh, depth chart here. What do you think about what John Harbaugh and Todd Munkin taking over, what they're so, going to do this year? I think Munkin's the biggest addition they've made in a long time. Um, just because it's going to completely change things. Like, I know you, you brought up Rashard, and there's nobody more frustrating to see run a wheel route than that dude. Like, I get it. He's a good guy, but he's a fullback. And why on God's green earth are you having fullbacks run real wheel routes? Like, I don't – it was just – yeah. His his obsession, Greg Roman, with using the fullback um, for fantasy is bonkers. Like, I just didn't get it. Um, so, bringing Munkin in, it might not necessarily change the whole system they will, but they're going to change certain pass plays they run. They're still going to be run heavy. Like, you have Lamar – that's not going to change, but it's just going to change how they use the personnel. So they might bust out three wide receiver sets more often. Um, I know we have likely and people like him, but he's a tight end too. So realistically, how how good is that going to be for fantasy? I'm not 100% sold on him. So there's that. But it's just it's the best group Lamar's had for a long time. So you have Zay, who's first one on our receiver, followed by Bateman, who's another first one on our receiver, who – for some reason, was only getting 60% of snaps last year. Um, don't ask me why. I don't know what they were doing, but you have a good group. And they have OBJ, but he's coming off another knee injury, so who knows if that guy's going to be healthy or not. So between the three of them, there should be one good wide receiver at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just going to be like – I'm more curious to see how it works out, but let's be real. The offense revolves around Lamar. Lamar's the centerpiece, um, and it's just Lamar's show. So – Giving him the options, we'll see how much that changes pass rate and how good the offense is going to be. But I'm honestly really excited for it. And finally, Dobbins is healthy. Like, even the end of last year, we saw him where he was busting out big plays, but he had, like, a gimp and a limp, and he was more like a hobble horse type thing. So it was really weird to watch. So him being fully healthy, um, he was my RB1 coming out in 2020. Oof, I missed on that one, but I'm excited. So you have Lamar, you have JK. Like, that's going to be really exciting and and then we'll just see how it goes with that and then of course the best best the second best tight end in fantasy mark andrews like there's a lot to love here there's just a lot to love i don't know how it's going to work out per se but the defense was really good last year i think they were third in points allowed which is surprising it's just the offense was more the problem than the defense last year um because we went into the year thinking the defense was gonna suck and it was actually really good. So we'll see how that works out. Maybe the defense regresses and they pass a little bit more, and it could just be some just some fun games for Lamar. So I, as you can tell, I'm not 100% sold on it, but I'm just excited to see what, how it shakes down. Our league scoring is uh, point per first down, a tight end premium 0.75. Every 10 yards catch is one point, you know, PPR. 
and I watched last year in the playoffs when Mark Andrews had that game. It was, Tyler Huntley was a or who was a, was a Tyler Huntley yeah. was a quarterback. Yeah. And it just it was Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews first down, Mark Andrews first down, Mark Andrews first down. And I'm sitting there, and I think I was up by like 46 points or something like that going in. That like I only had Mark Andrews left, and I lost by like 1.2 points. Like, like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, it was – I mean, I, as an Andrews – I don't have Andrews anywhere, unfortunately. I just mm -hmm. I can't afford him, and people draft him a little bit too high. I, yeah. I guess this is the reason people draft him too high because he wins championship, He wins playoff games for you in the playoffs. Yeah. That's, the guy's awesome. He's just fantastic, and especially in a tight end premium league, there's only a handful of guys. But for him and Travis Kelsey, are, are, are it, you can't spend enough to get guys like that. I know Kelsey's a little bit older, but Mark Andrews is in the prime of his career, and the guy is just an absolute stud, especially with Lamar back now. I mean, he is by far the number one option in this offense. Dave Flowers is a nice addition in the draft. Rashad Bateman and OBJ. OBJ is a true professional when it comes to on-the-field stuff. Off-the-field, different story, but a true professional on the field. He can make Lamar probably look pretty good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. But if J.K. Dobbins comes back healthy and Lamar can do a lot of play action stuff, keep Andrews involved and, you know, you know, who this this offense is uh, to the moon as far as that's concerned. So especially with Todd Munkin changing the offense up a little bit, letting Lamar not run so much and just kind of becoming a passing quarterback, which after a handful of years he has, you know, he has evolved into a better passer. So yeah. I mean, he's had some games. I think people got a little bit crazy with his passing stats when he played a Dolphins team that just traded away half their defense and he threw for like seven touchdowns in the week one, like two years ago. It's like, Oh a, yeah. That was ridiculous. It's kind of, yeah, a, was great. so yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a Dolphins fan. So it wasn't too great for me, but <laughs> it is what it is. So, right. Uh, he's just, he's a really good, like I, people were trying to say fields is better than him for fantasy. And I was like, you're crazy. Cause Lamar's actually a good proven passer. And that's like the main difference where he's still the rusher, but he's actually a good passer. He's not elite. He's not Mahomes or anything like that as a passer, but he's a really good passer. So you see that come through. And if they bet more on it, then it's just the ceiling is he could be the QB one this year. So yeah, he's underrated as a passer for sure. A lot of people mm -hmm. think that he's just a running back and you know he's a runner, he's an athlete, all that stuff. But he has shown throughout through time that he's he's uh you know he's definitely an adequate passer. So mm -hmm. if he can improve his game under Todd Munkin with a better offense and get, get rid of the ball a little bit faster and not having to run so much, you know, his fantasy value won't be as not, not be as big because of the passing compared to the running stats. But at the same time, you know, this is the NFL stands for not for long. You're not winning games. And if you can win games, you'll be on the field for a long time. So mm -hmm. uh, next team is the Bengals. We'll talk about another guy who's fantastic. Joe Burrow, Trevor Simmons behind him. You got Joe Mixon who I, you know, got us in trouble in the off season. Nobody knows if it's true or not. A lot of rumor bill, stuff like that. He's not gone yet. So that leads me to believe that he's staying on the team. They drafted Chase Brown. They got Chris Evans and Travion Williams. Jamar Chase, everybody knows about Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, another, I mean, probably the best one to be on the two one league. Tyler Boyd, super underrated. Charlie Jones, they picked up in the draft. Another guy that's really underrated. Andrew Losevis, um, and then uh, Irv Smith Jr., Drew Sample at tight end. Uh, we all know the story with this, with these, uh, with this Bengals team. There's a high powered offense, but behind Joe Burrow. Tell me about the Cincinnati Bengals uh, depth chart here on this, in this offensive team. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting because Mixon is like I know people don't like Mixon because he doesn't produce the points you expect, but he's still a production machine. Um, so if he's there, which I mean at this point kind of seems like he's gonna be there, like he's gonna be a great value. I know they have Chase Brown and Trayvon Williams and Chris Evans and those guys, but no one's really gonna challenge Joe Mixon. Like he's going to get the work and he's gonna be a good fantasy option. So it's Mixon, it's those guys. If they dump Mixon, then he gets really interested. And then maybe it's Williams mixed with Brown or Evans gets that passing role. So they could be, it could be a fun scramble to see how this shakes out. If it does go down like that, 
Um, but really, this offense revolves around Burrow, Higgins, and Chase. And Boyd's a great third option because he doesn't have to do much. He could be the slot wide receiver who just moves the chains, catches the ball. So that's the perfect role where he's in. Because like we saw last year when Chase was out, you expected Tyler Boyd to jump up and be a really good wide receiver. He didn't really change his role much, and his production didn't change. He was still just that slot guy who was moving the chains, and his points per game went up a little bit, but it didn't really change. Higgins is great. He's a fantastic contested catch downfield guy. And Jamar Chase is one like the first or second best wide receiver in the NFL. It's like him or Justin Jefferson in Dynasty. But he's just he's incredible. He can do everything. So yes. you pair that, you pair that with Joe Burrow, one of the better passers in the NFL. And it's just it's fireworks. Like they they've invested in the line and the line seems competent and they can hold up. So like I don't I don't I just love the offense. It's another like the, the fun thing about the AFC North is the offense is really good across the board. And this is one of the better offenses in the league. The, um, it's interesting with the tight ends. Like they brought in Irv Smith, but he's coming off a severe injury. We don't know how good he's going to be. So we have guys like Devin Asai and Drew Sample and those dudes. So it's like, maybe it works out. I don't know. I just don't really want to bet on a tight end in that offense. Like I'll just let, let other people deal with it. He might be able to catch a few touchdowns, give you some points, but it's really the wide receivers, Mixon and Burrow. Like that's the that's the main guys of those offense, and they're going to score you a lot of points in fantasy. So people got excited about the landing spot of Irv Smith, but yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, it's this offense is. I mean, there's it's a pretty much a uh, three headed monster here with Mixon, Chase, and Higgins. Mm-hmm. Boyd is probably definitely the by far the fourth option as far as in the passing game. Mixon does catch a lot of passes. He's underrated as a receiver. So Irv Smith might get lost in the shuffle here. He's just a name. I think he's got more name power than he does actual fantasy football uh, points power. So it's a it, it's you know the bread and butters at this team. It's as long as Mixon stays healthy, stays non knuckleheadish, and uh, keeps his keeps his mind and focus on the football field. This team should be going places. Speaking of going places, Deshaun Watson. The Browns, great addition here. I mean, again, we're going to talk a little, you know, I don't want to bring up all the field issues here. We'll talk about on the field stuff. Deshaun Watson is a guy who, I mean, top five, top seven option since he started. He got, he was off the field with an injury and then he, you know, held out and then, you know, all the stuff going on. I, I honestly think that he's going to be another, he's got a chance to be another top five quarterback again, especially with, you know, Nick Chubb. And Jerome Ford in his backfield is mainly Nick Chubb. They might bring Kareem Hunt back, but he's not back yet. Mm-hmm. But Nick Chubb is – when you have a guy like Nick Chubb, the play-action game opens up so much. you got Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman, Donald Peoples-Jones. Donald Peoples-Jones kind of getting knocked down a depth chart here a little bit. David Bell is definitely somebody who got knocked down a depth chart, somebody who I traded up for in the drafts. You know, every year – I traded up in almost every league last year to get David Bell and, you know, a couple of guys in that area mm-hmm. that did not pan out so – uh, and Joku was a huge echo chamber Twitter darling for a while, but the addition of Elijah Moore kind of cut that, you know, cut his fantasy st- uh, stock in half almost with uh, the middle of the field kind of guy. Mick Chubb doesn't catch too many passes, but you saw him catch a lot more passes than he usually does last year. And that might, it, that without Kareem Hunt in the backfield, that, that role might grow a little bit for Nick Chubb. So tell me about this Cleveland Browns offense, because I, I feel like they're, they're, a, I don't want to say underrated, but, they're a team that, that is a, they seem like a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Like the thing with Watson is he was terrible last year. He was significantly worse than Jacoby Brissett. So we need the Watson before that showed up because if we get this Watson from last year, like that's going to be trouble and this offense could struggle. But he's, he's just such a talented quarterback. Like I'm willing to bet and see if he's good. 
Um, and in particular in Dynasty, he's like QB12 or something. So like at that price, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make the bet and see how it goes. But you have Nick Chubb, one of the best pure runners in football. Like it's not the best for fantasy because he doesn't catch all those passes like you're saying. But you can just pencil in for at least 1,200 yards, you know, things like that. Maybe he catches 30 passes. And if he does that, like you're talking top 10 running backs. So that's always nice to have. The th- interesting thing is Amari Cooper. He was really good last year. He saw yeah. his highest target share. Like he was the guy in that offense. And I know they have DPJ. He's going to be the deep threat. Elijah Moore, he's going to play the slot for them. Um, it just depends on who's going to be the two between Elijah Moore and David Njoku. Njoku finally showed that promise we expected from a like a five-year tight end who's around one guy. So it's it's interesting. Maybe Njoku grows in that role more or they just – they let Elijah Moore be the guy we all expected him to be last year. And then all the shenanigans happened with Elijah Moore where it was just like clearly the situation wasn't right. So Jets moved on, sent him to Cleveland, and Cleveland definitely needed him because you're talking about David Bell. David Bell was atrocious last year. Like he was. Yes. Woo! And this is interesting because people talk about this year with like Josh Downs where you have another guy who's got a great production profile, but he went later in the draft, people thought, where it's kind of similar. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But, yeah, I just – I'm going to pour one out for David Bill. Like, I just don't expect this to happen to him anymore. But they brought in Cedric Tillman, who's a big guy who can play on the outside. So you could pencil him in to help with DPJ. And then you kind of had that the core set, the wide receiver position. So you have Amari Cooper is going to be the clear one. And it just depends on how big of the, the share he's going to cover out for himself. If he's pushing 27% again this year, like that's he could be a top five wide receiver. Um, I would expect him to be like a back-end wide receiver one on this offense. And if if Watson hits, that's the thing. Watson hits his whole offense, takes a jump forward. Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and even Elijah Moore. Like, I'd want a piece of all of them. So, yeah. if you're betting on Deshaun Watson, I would bet on everybody else in that offense because he's going to, as they say, like the boat li- or the rising tide lifts all boats. That's what it's going to do with Deshaun Watson in this offense. So, it could be a lot of fun in Cleveland this year. Yeah, I think Till- Tillman has already supplanted DPJ as far as the other uh, the other outside uh, wide receiver. I'm not, I just won't, I'm not sure if they're going to do two tight end sets or, or uh, you know, or uh, just uh, do a um, uh, three wide receiver sets or just keep the two guys on the outside and keep David Njoku and not, and not even put a uh, slot receiver in the field. I like Elijah Moore a lot, but I, I'm not sure they're going to use him as much as us fantasy people like him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, this 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 team runs to Nick Chubb. That's that's the, the preferences of this entire offense and. Uh, that was a great analogy. The uh, high tide raises all ships. That's that's exactly what Deshaun Watson. I got a pencil to be a top six uh, quarterback this year. I think with this with this with the defense they got and the, the offense with all of these pretty pretty damn good pieces around them. I think mm-hmm. Watson got thrown in the mix and didn't practice at all. Got thrown in the mix right in the middle of the season when everybody else is in in full you know full steam. Uh, yeah, the rest of that season, getting those players. And then a whole offseason to kind of practice, get to know the coaching staff again. I, I think it's uh, wheels up for uh, Deshaun Watson. So, like guys it. who I am scared of, Kenny Pickett. Everybody loves Kenny Pickett, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Is Kenny Pickett who everybody thinks he's going to be? I, I, the team is – he's got a pretty good cast around him too. What do you think about Kenny Pickett? Uh, yeah, I didn't – so coming into the draft last year, I wanted no part of Kenny Pickett at his cost. Like, he was going mid-round one and start up in the rookie draft, and I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. Um, so I was not sold on Kenny Pickett coming in. And, like, the second half of the year, like, it was Mitch Trubisky in the first half who was just atrocious, and he was not good. Kenny Pickett was actually a lot better than Trubisky, so he did help the offense, and it got a lot better. I think it was J.J. Zacharyson the saying they were, like, third in points per drive or something like that with Kenny Pickett in the second half of the season, so – 
He was actually pretty good. Um, it's a good offense. It's more about how good is the offensive line going to be this year because they mm-hmm. made investments in it, and that's going to help Najee out a lot where it'll take pressure off of Pickett as well. And I know Deontay Johnson is, depending on how you talk to, people love him or hate him. I'm a target share truther, so he's a guy that I like a lot. But they have him. George Pickens, another guy that's super controversial because he had all this hype and he put up a solid season. Like he had 800 yards as a rookie. Like that's that's really good. And people were just like either in or out on him. And then you have Fryermuth, who's another really good tight end. So as you can tell, they have all of this talent. And then they brought in Allen Robinson, who could be cooked. He could be done, but he's still Allen Robinson. He will help that offensive core. I'm like those guys develop as wide receivers because he was one of the better wide receivers for a good while. Um, so it's, it's just very interesting. I'm not as sold as his offense as I'm on the other two because it's Kenny Pickett. So if Kenny Pickett can take a step forward, then the offense could be cooking. But for fantasy, like you want Najee Harris, he's going to get a ton of work. And I know there's this weird dynasty Twitter, Jalen Warren hive, but Jalen Warren, he's just a guy like he's not going to carve it a huge role for Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris still had 66% of the workload last year, which is RB1 territory. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, and then with the wide receivers, Deontay, and then if Pickens improves, he could be a nice option for me. So it's just, it's one I'm more curious to see how it plays out. I'm not as bullish on it though. So I'm kind of curious, but I want to see it, how it shakes out before I fully dive into all of these guys on offense. Yeah. I wasn't really sold on Jalen Warren either, but I, I was kind of, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with Austin Eckler. So I traded away Jalen mm-hmm. Warren. Uh, now Eckler just signed it, uh, you know, this year for two million dollars and a one-year kind of uh, incentive. So he's with the he's with the Chargers again this year. So, mm-hmm. but I, I traded for Gerald, uh, I traded away Jer- Jalen Warren to get Gerald Everett. Uh, I figured that maybe if something happened with Eckler or if something else happened on that team, Jalen Warren or Ger- uh, Ger- Gerald Everett would have been the beneficiary of a lot of those dump-off passes. But now with Eckler back, it's. Uh, I'll still take my chance with a tight end, a tight end premium than than somebody who's going to be behind Najee Harris. So absolutely, me too. I would do that. I, I'm not really sure about George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Both of these guys are pretty good. They're probably value is pretty similar. Probably they're probably in the same area to draft. If you had a chance, who are you picking first in dynasty or in redraft? Like let's say redraft, who are you taking first in in dynasty? Who would you pick if you were on the clock? Deontay. Like I know he's a good wide receiver. Like we know that for a fact. Um, like and I get it. He's not the most efficient guy in the world, but. He gets targets, and he got a lot of targets last year. So I, that's what I see. With Pickens, it's more projection. And if people want to take that projection with Pickens, go for it. Chase it. Like, chase the upside you think is there. I just don't – I don't see the upside with Pickens. So I'm going to take Deontay, who just two years ago, he was a wide receiver one. And if he gets that type of volume again, like, he's going to be good. He's going, like, wide receiver 30-ish in Dynasty. And at that price, I'm like, dude, just give me the guys who can get all those targets. Like, yeah. But, yeah, I'm a Deontay guy. Calvin, like this, Calvin Austin, the David Bell, the Jalen Tolberts, these are the guys in the second round last year's draft that actually just destroyed me. So, mm-hmm. I, I, this is why I hate draft picks for guys like this. It, it, it's it's uh, two years ago, Calvin Austin, because he sat out all last year. But I, I see these games come up on depth charts, and I'm like, oh, you son of a, you know, <laughs> those small guys, man, those small guys are treacherous. It's like it's like this oh. year. There's a ton of them too. There's so many just little dudes, and you're like. Oh, God, there's so many outliers. It's like, this guy's going to be the next Tyler Lockett. It's like, they all can't be Tyler Lockett. Like, you got to find somebody else to be. So, right. it's going uh, to be interesting. It's all going to be Devonta Smith. So, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I like Fire Firemuth. Um, definitely somebody who is on the outskirts of quarterback one. But I, I think he is a, definitely has a chance of being a, uh, a uh, you know, top seven tight end, possibly. Yeah. So, 
you know, hey, Tomlin, they, they they love the tight end in this offense and keep throwing it to him. I don't I don't really have him anywhere. Again, it's somebody people people overpay for tight end sometimes. It kicks me in the ass sometimes, but sometimes it's like, okay, I could have got tight end twenty four and done the same as tight end nine. So right, it's just that guy. It's weird. Like his um, he's actually almost like he was like pushing Deontay for targets in that offense the second half of the year with Pickett. So like he was heavily involved. It's like I like him a lot. It's interesting that Kincaid's going above him already in Dynasty. I was yes. like, that's a stretch, but okay. If you want to do it, go ahead. Feel free. But, like, yeah, people just love the, the quote-unquote upside, right? So, I get it. I get it. Speaking of upside, we're going to, we're going to the NFC here. We're talking about Justin Fields. Now, upside is one thing. The Bears did not have a really good record last year. They went, like, 3-13 and 13 or 3-14, and 14, whatever, you know. So, it's uh, that Justin Fields' upside is – is he going to be the guy that we all think he's going to be now that they put DJ Moore and, you know, they drafted Roshan Johnson, they got Cleo Herbert to catch passes. You got Darnell Mooney to spread the field. You got Chase Claypool, which you traded for the 201. Cole Komet didn't really pan out so much, but he's some people think he's underrated. Traded for Robert Tunyon for goal line uh, carries or goal line targets. What is Justin Fields going to be able to put all this stuff together underneath Matt Eberflus and Luke Gailey, Getsy? and uh, make this offense work? Or see, this is about the kind of year we figure out that Justin Fields, the Bears need to move on from Justin Fields kind of thing. Dude, that's such a, it's just such a difficult question. Like he, I, people were expecting him to make this jump, such as the Eagles with Hurts and like Allen did with the Bills a few years ago. But like the issue is DJ Moore is not as good as AJ Brown or Stefan Diggs. He's very good. He's still a very good wide receiver, but he's not the truly elite wide receiver. So there is that. And also Fields was not the same level of passer as those guys. Like last year they were. So Fields needs to make a massive jump. Um, the thing about Fields is like for fantasy, he doesn't even have to be a good passer. We saw it last year. Like he could still be a terrible passer and be a very good fantasy option. Um, but Chicago just said, like, hey, we're gonna give it a shot. They brought in DJ Moore. So they gave him a good wide receiver. And now Mooney can just run downfield, run the deep targets. Um, I want no part of Command Dynasty. Like I I need to see it. I need to see a good tight end. Like if I'm investing in tight end, that quarterback needs to be good because there is the connection between those two. If you have a bad quarterback, your tight end is going to suffer. And this right. is me saying this while I love Kyle Pitts. Um, yeah, so maybe I need to check that a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, I just don't think Komet's that good. So I'm really not that interested in him. Um, but if I'm going after Fields, I'm pretty much going to do it where I would pair him with, like, maybe a late flyer on Roshan. If, like, hopefully he wins the backfield, right? But – I'm kind of curious to see how it works out for his wide receivers. Um, the only one I really want to bet on is DJ Moore, but his price is kind of high. So it costs a little bit to invest in him, but I don't want to bet on Claypool. I don't want to bet on Mooney. Like Mooney's going to catch some, like some 50, 60 yard touchdown passes this year, but like how relevant is it going to be for fantasy? I don't know. And Claypool was just, he was weird. I expected him to be better last year and he wasn't that good last year where his like snap share decreased, his targets decreased. So he obviously needs to take a step forward and, Hopefully he could be the big slot they hoped he would be, but it's just there's just a lot of question marks with this passing game. So it's it's just be cautiously optimistic optimistic with Fields, like because Fields is extremely talented. We see it where he just shook like 13 defenders and scored that six yard or rushing play last year. So you know the talent is there. Um, it's just more if he can be the passer. And I honestly don't know. How do you feel about the situation? Because I am more a little iffy on it in general. Uh, I'm. I was super happy. We you know, we have a draft party every year at the local bar when they, when they traded up to get Fields. Everybody's super happy, and it just seems like he's not being used properly. That everybody's mm-hmm. hurt on the team. He didn't have much talent to begin with, and everybody got hurt after that. Now they traded for DJ Moore. Like you said, he's not going to make the same jumps as other quarterbacks have. You know, in, in Philly, Jalen Hurts 
he's, he's got a uh, AJ Brown and, and Devonta Smith. Those DJ Moore and Donald Mooney is not even close to that kind of talent, you know. That, no. And on top of that, you had a good running back, and Justin Fields is a good running, a good a good rusher, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But he is not. He's not. I mean, he's good. He was a good quarterback in college, but I don't think he. he can, he's not a guy that can carry a team by himself. I don't feel like he's that guy. I think with the writings on the wall about Justin Fields, his, his passes, even when he had all clean pockets, his inaccuracies were, yeah. were, were definitely visible. So I don't really, I like Justin Fields. I don't want anybody to not succeed in the NFL. I'm not rooting against Justin Fields. I live in Chicago. I want the Bears to be good. So I just, I, I just feel like this is, this is the year. They're going to unfold it and say, "Here you go." And it, if I, at the end of this year, they're going to have to determine if they want the fifth-year option or not. And I'm not, they might just say, you know what, hey, man, it's time to move on. If they do bad again, this team – if DJ Moore gets hurt or something like that, and this, and this, or, or if they, the running game doesn't work or somebody gets hurt, the offensive line kind of breaks down a little bit. I mean, they are in big trouble Yeah, because <laughs> they're rebuilding on defense also. So I I, I got a feeling that this may be the uh, Caleb Williams uh, sweepstakes if, right. if something doesn't happen with Justin Fields this year. Yeah, because they got that pick from Carolina, too, that they can use and they can move on up. So, like, you, it's kind of the best of both worlds the way I look at it. Like, if Fields yes. succeeds, cool, you got the guy. If he doesn't, then it's like, hey, go get the QB of the future. Like, if Fields makes that jump this year and they can use those picks, early picks on, on talent next year, a better receiver, if they can get Marvin Harrison Jr. on this team with DJ Moore, and, and then you look so at a rebuild that's going to really you know, start mm-hmm. progressing, you know. So, That'd good defense great. players. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy about the Bears. I'm optimistic, but I'm optimistic every year, and it slaps me in the face. So, you know, it's, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's hard living in a city with a team that always sucks, you know. it's Because that one year they gave, when I was a little kid, they won the Super Bowl in 85 when I was nine years old or something. You know, we got to experience the awesomeness of Bears winning, but it's been a kind of rough road since then. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's hopefully a turn around. I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. I can't talk optimistic as well for it. Speaking of turnaround, you got the Lions who, uh, you know, they really, last couple of years, they've really made a push. They got Jared Goff, at quarterback, who's definitely, uh, he's, he's, he's got his place maybe stuck. He may he may have a spot on his roster for the next couple of years if he keeps doing mm-hmm. what he's doing. Uh, they drafted Hennon Hooker, which he's got some back issues, give him some time to heal, learn the offense a little bit. I think he's an underrated quarterback, though. They drafted, they drafted Jameer Gibbs. They got David Montgomery to, to still fill the role he had before. Montgomery, I think, is still an underrated asset on this team, but really good. They drafted Muhammad Ibram. They got Amad Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams on a suspension to begin the season, which he doesn't need that after being out all last year. Uh, they drafted Antoine Green, which is, you know, that that chart falls off pretty fast after Jamison Williams and Amad Ross St. Brown. And you got Sam Laporte. They drafted uh, Brock Wright, Shane Zilstra, James Mitchell. Those guys are nobody's shit. Sam Laporte is pretty much the, uh, the replacement for TJ Hawkinson here. So, uh, I, I I got a feeling that this, even though everybody got a lot of a lot of hope for the Detroit Lions and a lot of like, yeah, go right, you know, they, they're the underdog. They're the team everybody wants to root for because they suck all the time. They never make anything happen. Mm-hmm. I, I can see a collapse happening here, unfortunately, for these Lions team because there's so much optimism for what this team is. and this division is getting better around them. You know, the the Packers are young, but they're not good. They lost Aaron Rodgers, but there are a lot of young players. They're adding a lot of young talent on this team. And the Vikings are, are good with their with their players. The Bears are up and coming. The Lions are supposed to be the almost one of the favorites in this division because of all the speculation of these good players. But look, if you really dig into the depth chart, it's Gibbs, Montgomery, Amara, St. Brown, and we don't know anything about Jamison Williams yet. Besides, besides that, he was good for one year in college. 
Mm-hmm. What do you think about this this Lions team? Is that people being is this like a you know fool's gold kind of thing here or what? It it honestly could be like I like the Lions. Like it's a it's been a fun rebuild the past few years watching it happen. We have um, one of my buddies lives in Detroit and he's a big Lions fan, so it's finally like we were talking about it last year. I was I'm a Seahawks fan, so we're like, hey, we both could be trashed this year. Like top pick <laughs> overall, right? <laughs> and then it flipped on both of us. So we were like, oh my goodness, we actually have good teams. Um, the Lions are interesting. I don't know what the heck they were doing in the first round this year. Like, you take a freaking middle linebacker or pick 18 and a running back at 12, like, I get it, but this, that's just, like, not, not how you build successful teams. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, once you dig past, like, Almond Ross St. Brown, like, they have more um, Jamison Williams, but he was not good last year coming off the ACL injury. Like, he had six targets, I think, in six games or something. Like, that's that's not what you want to see for a first-round pick. And then after him, it's like a who's who, dude. It's it's kind of ugly. Um, the interesting thing is Laporta, like like you were saying. He walks right into the tight end one right. spot on that team easily. And that he could be second in team in targets, like, until Jameson Williams comes back. Like, they have Jameer Gibbs, but it's how ops, much are they going to use him. Like, I won't, I'm really excited for him. But if he's splitting with Montgomery and they're sharing that work like they've done in the past, like, Gibbs could be a bit of a letdown too, but the defense actually concerns me more than the offense. So the, there could be a lot of shootouts this year because defense wasn't good last year. And if they don't improve, that means they're going to be passing a lot, which is good for fantasy. So Goff, it could be it could be a great year for Goff, especially indoors because he tears it up in the dome. So right. if they're passing a bunch, like that's it could be a great year for Amon Ross and Brown. Like he's the one guy of the whole offense I have complete confidence in. Like he's a target hawk. He's going to see all the targets, and especially in PPR. It's just wheels up for him. So I'm really excited for Almanor this year. Um, the rest of the guys I do have confidence in, but it's – there's still question marks. It's the Lions. Like, I get it. They had a really good year last year, but how good are they going to be besides that? We'll see. They, it's funny that they're the betting favorite because you wouldn't expect the, the Lions to ever be the betting favorite in the NFC right. since they haven't won that division in, like, almost 30 years or something crazy. So maybe it happens. Um, I don't know. I just – I have some questions, like you're saying. It, it, it could fall apart. And if it does, oof, I, I feel bad for Lions fans because they deserve to have a good team. So yeah. hopefully it works out, but I just don't know, man. I don't know. There's it's the depth chart isn't great. So they're gonna we'll have see. to like they're gonna have to line up Gibbs at at, 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 at you know in the slot to put Montgomery in the backfield, put the port at you know, maybe at slot also. Like I don't know what they're gonna do until Williams gets back because right. it can't be just Amon Ross St. Brown. And I think that the, the like you said in like kind of the echo chamber of Twitter is is all about Jameer Gibbs, but I think that the, the, the distance between Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery is not that big of a distance that people make it out to be. I think they're both, you know, good receiving backs, good good running, you know, between the, between the tackles guys. So I'm not really sure that uh, – I don't know what's going to happen. One of these guys is going to have to play the slot until Williams gets back. I'm not sure how this how this offense is going to shake out, how this this whole thing is going to pan out. Right. And even when Williams comes back, he's not even proven yet. So – no, like, yeah, no. You you hear that about, like, running backs all the time. Like, oh, he's going to play the slot. The thing about Junior Gibbs is he actually can play the slot. Like, he's yes. one of, like, a handful of lot of running backs who can do that. So if there's anybody running back that's going to do that, like, you can throw him out there and he'll run the whole route tree for you. Like, that's – it's really exciting. So mm-hmm. in PPR, I wouldn't be too worried about Jameer Gibbs. He's going to get targeted like crazy. They don't have – they don't have the wide receiver options not to target him. Like, that's the thing. So don't – I wouldn't worry about too much about him. But it's just going to be interesting yeah, yeah I think they're going to get him touches. Like, they got to. Like, yeah. you spent the 12th pick overall, they got to use him. I mean, Montgomery's going to be good, too. It's just, like, I think they were number one in running back points, like, per game last year as a team. 
from the running back position, I wouldn't expect that to change much. They're going to feature the running backs. So Gibbs should get his workload. Well, what are the Packers going to feature? Because they got they don't have a Aaron Rodgers anymore. They're moving out with Jordan Love. They got a lot of young receivers here. They got Aaron Rodgers and underwhelming A.J. Dillon in the backfield. I mean, Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon in the backfield. Then you got Christian Watson, who I think Aaron Rodgers made Christian Watson. I think he's going to revert back to, like, normalcy if at best. And he was kind of a best ball player to begin with as far as I'm concerned. Jaden Reed is uh, someone who uh, I think would probably be the best receiver on the team this year, to be honest with you. That Terry Wicks, another guy they drafted, Romeo Dubs, mm-hmm. Grant DeBose, uh, Deuce Watts, uh, Malik Heath. Luke, Luke Musgrave was another uh, – they drafted him, and they drafted Tucker Craft, which I, I honestly think this, the, the tight ends – they might play like a lot of two tight end sets of this uh, this year. Yeah. Like they, they've done in the past, but I, I don't. I just don't think Christian Watson – I think he's more of a decoy than he will be a receiver. You know, you could have him in fantasy, but what you have to pay for to get Christian Watson, I want nothing, no part of him whatsoever. What do you think about this Packers depth uh, chart? Um, it's going to be heavily impacted by Jordan Love, and if Jordan Love's good or not, like then it's going to be – it's going to be real interesting to see. Um, the wide receiver room is interesting, to say the least. Like, I, I like Watson, what he did. Like, he's very much – so he was a very big project coming into the league. And yes. how he played was actually really exciting to see. Like, he didn't run full or out tree. He didn't everything the wide receiver does. But they got him touches. And with those touches, like, he showed off just the freak athlete he is. So it'll be interesting to see. But we've seen this a lot with Jaden Reed where he could realistically be the wide receiver one at the end of the year because he's a good wide receiver coming in. Um, Dubs isn't anything special. Dubs had a quick little, like, two-week blip, and then he kind of went back to who he's been his the whole career. So Jaden Reed's a fun dart throw to throw. He could see the most targets out of anybody. Um, but with those two, they have just, like, they're promising wide receivers. But Reed's a rookie. We don't know how good he is yet. And then you have just two rookie tight ends. So it's a lot of youth for Jordan Love, which means it's going to be an Aaron Jones season again, which – it's always an Aaron Jones season every year, it seems like. We, mm-hmm. we want to keep fading this guy, but he's just – he's been the best player on that team for like five straight years. Oh, well, not five straight years, sorry. Since um, Adams left, it's been the Aaron Jones show. So I wouldn't expect anything different. He's going to get his touches. He's going to be good. Um, the surprising thing was Dylan had 200 touches last year. He told me that. I would have been shocked. Like, what? Right. He was not good. I think from like weeks three to 12, he didn't have a double-digit performance that entire span. So he literally was a negative on your team last year. So he's got to be better if if it's going to be any good for Dylan. Um, I just – I don't know. I like Jones. Dylan's a question mark. But it comes down to love and if they can keep up because going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, like that's giant red flag. Maybe it works out. Um, yeah. So it's – there's just a lot of question marks with this team too. So somebody's going to step up and be the best wide receiver. Maybe it's, possibly it's Watson. It could be Reed. And then the tight ends, like I don't expect really because they're both rookies. I don't expect anything major from them. But dynasty-wise, like they're fun guys to target because they're really cheap and they don't cost much. And they could be good long-term. So, yeah, yeah. overall, it's just a fun one to kind of watch and see. A lot of question marks here at Jordan Love. A.J. Dillon started off the season red hot the first week last year and then kind of just petered out as the season went on. Christian Watson had like almost, I think it was like 38 or 37% of his entire uh, receiving in like four receptions last year. So, I mean, that's – doesn't say much for it. Like I said, I think he's more of a best ball player, and he'll always be a best ball player. And I'm not sure who'll even be a good best ball player without without uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I, I'm in a lot of rookie drafts where, t- where Tucker Craft's actually going before Luke Musgrave, which I thought was kind of weird. But That's, some people so like Tucker Craft. Like, yeah, I don't Musgrave. like Musgrave's such a projection, but like he's a freak. He comes in with that like he's his 
parents were athletes. He comes in, he's like, he right. did skiing, slalom. He did all these events. He played volleyball. Like he's that four-star athlete that everybody, you know, loves when you come in. Mm-hmm. But he only played two games last year and his production profile is not great. So you're just betting on his talent, which when you watch the tape, you're like, well, you see things that are promising for him. So that's kind of where you have to bet on the film and what you've seen with him. And I, I like what I saw from him. So I wouldn't take Kraft ahead of him, but Kraft's a fun dart throw to throw if you want to target the other tight end in that backfield. Or, yeah, absolutely. So I think the, the front runner in this division is the, the Vikings. We'll move on to them. Kirk Cousins, just, you know, they hate him in Minnesota, but he, for some reason, I don't know, I don't get it. I mean, he's a pretty good quarterback. <laughs> Dalvin Cook is uh, Mr. Dalvin Cook. He might not be on this team after June 1st uh, cuts or they trade him or whatever that's going to happen. Might be the Alexander Madison show. And then there's not much behind him. They drafted Dwayne McBride and they got Ty Chandler, who I like Ty Chandler, but I just like Ty Chandler because of, I think this spot. I've always been a Kenny Iwagu fan. There's 15 different ways to pronounce his last name, but he's a special teams guy. Mm -hmm. Running back kicks is a specialty, and we get points for special teams. So I love having him on my team. Justin Jefferson, you don't got to say much about that. Jordan Addison was a humongous addition to this team. That was a great landing spot. Any of these top receivers that landed in in, in Minnesota, I think, uh, landed in a really good spot. KJ Osborne is KJ Osborne is the slot receiver here, but Jefferson and Addison, what a combination that's going to be for this team. I, I think Kirk Cousins just sits back and watches this this team. I, I hope they find some way to, to re-sign Dalvin Cook because it's not it wouldn't be fair to Kirk Cousins to have all this talent and just have it blown because you have an Alexander Madison. I think is a little bit. I'm not a big fan of Alexander Madison. I understand he's going to get the workload this year, but he's never had the true workload before. I don't think he can handle it like Delvin Cook can. And Delvin Cook had offseason surgery. He's got, he's, you know, he's got a soldier soldier situation to deal with. They said he'll take him back, but not for the their, their contract he's on right now, which I don't blame him. It's a lot of money. But man, Delvin Cook is so talented. I just feel like I think he's going to go to the Chiefs if they don't sign him here, and that'll just destroy the rest of the Chiefs' running back situation in, in a good way. But it is what it is. But Minnesota's got TJ Hawkinson. We all saw last year what TJ Hawkinson can do. We all knew what he could do, but he's even better in the Vikings. How good is this like if they could somehow keep Dalvin Cook, which I don't think is gonna happen, but if they what does this offense shake out? What does that depth chart in this on this Minnesota Viking team look look to you? It's 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 a great offense. Like let's let's not play around. Like you have fantastic play caller. You're giving Kirk Cousins the the keys to cook because their pass rate over expectation is one of the highest in the league. So in neutral scripts, like runner pass, like they're going to pass. They trust Kirk Cousins. The defense was horrendous last year. It's probably not going to be good again this year. So what's that mean? Good for fantasy, and they play indoors. So we've seen Kirk Cousins. I get it, the primetime stigma and all that. Like, But stats-wise, at the end of the year, you look at what he does, and then you're like, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, and he does it again. Um, it's interesting with Cook. He fell off significantly his peripherals last year. So I don't know if that was injury or what it was. But it's interesting to keep that in mind. Um, I know everyone expects him to be cut, but like they could just restructure it, like you're talking about, and bring him back for the cost that the dead cap is, like three million or something. And there goes Alexander Madison. Um, if Alexander Madison was good, he would have seen a bigger opportunity share last year. Right. Like he had all the chance in the world, and he's never been above like thirty percent in his entire career. So he's just a dude. He's discount Dalvin Cook. So he can give you similar peripherals and similar numbers, but he's not going to give you the plays that Cook can. Like He's not going to give you those explosive plays. And the weird thing about Cook is you think he's heavily targeted, but he's never been a super heavily targeted guy. It's kind of strange. When you look at his stats, you go, huh. Like you think he'd be a guy where it's like, oh, yeah, he'll earn 100 targets. No, like that's not him. But he's he's been very good. Um, if he gets back to who he was two years ago, 
Cook's going to be a smash because he's going so cheap and so late in Dynasty and in Redraft. Like, he's going to get the volume either way. Um, I think most people will probably have him as, like, a mid-range RB2 this year. If he comes back to who he was, like, in that offense, like, then, yeah, that's a sweet, sweet discount you're getting. Um, and then the wide receiver room, it's, it's literally, like, it's Justin Jefferson's world. Everybody else is just playing around, which is why I like Jordan Addison so much there because he can't really – play the main position but he could play the slot or he could play the z position for you and if you keep him off of the line of scrimmage he's a lot better and then he can kind of find the holes in the zone and beat them that way so i think it's set up well for him because the rest of the wide receiver core just isn't that good and it depends how confident you are in tj hawkinson like i think he's a good nfl tight end i don't see him as a true difference maker so i don't see a world where he's going to really prevent addison from being a good fantasy option i think they can kind of coexist along with jefferson right because they can do separate things on the field like that's the nice thing you can move them around they don't have to run the same routes and all that stuff so it's really going to be those three in the passing game um if you want to take a flyer on like osborne or something like that sure but for fantasy it's going to be jefferson it's going to be addison it's going to be hawkinson and then cook and like the rest of the guys if cook's gone it gets a little more interesting like i liked milwaukee coming out too um, I, it's just, he's just a special teams dude. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately he's right. Yeah. But McBride's like, he's fun. His metrics are fantastic. So as a seventh round rookie, like it's worth a shot, but I think Chandler actually is the more complete back where he can actually do both things. Agreed. He can play in the passing game. McBride's a negative in the passing game. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out if cook's gone, but I don't expect cook to go. He's like, they, they have too much invested in him. They, and they're trying to win this year. So. You want Cook on the team, so especially if he fixed it. If he fixed his shoulder issues, that yeah, I mean, he was coming on and off the field. He was sore. His shoulder kept popping out. He, had, you know, if he fixed the shoulder issues in, in the off season, yeah, if he can go back to any kind of form of what he was before his shoulder. I mean, he's always had shoulder issues, always even in college. Yeah. So if he can do, if he fixed something where he could be on the field a lot more and be that complete receiving back and complete back anyway across the board, this team is primed to win this division. And make a pretty good run, to make a decent run in the playoffs too. But there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. So no matter how good the Vikings are, I just don't think they'll be able to hang with the 49ers and the Eagles and possibly, you know, some other teams that are uh, on the up and up. So we'll see what happens. But they definitely have a good roster. It's a good offense. The defense, I don't understand how this defense is so bad. And Justin Fields just couldn't even pass over 200 yards against them in two games. So that's that's, that's – Go figure. I don't know. Every other team had 7,000 yards offense against them every week. Right. And the Bears can't do shit. So yeah, like that was that was the one game where the Seahawks offense like started cooking, and I was like, hey, what's, get, "What's going on here?" Like, oh yeah, because their defense is trash. I get it. Okay, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, well, uh, thanks for jumping through these depth charts here. We um, uh, this is something I like to do. I think depth charts are really important as far as you know. I, I update mine every couple of weeks. Uh, you know, just even nothing, even nothing changes. I go through them all, update them, update my values on the depth charts. I, I, I kind of this is my how do you call it my my cliff notes for what's going on, my my lifeline for the league. Some people use just rankings or take a lot of projections, mix them all together and stuff. This is what I do. So talking about it makes it make, is a lot of fun for me. So thanks for joining me today. Tell everybody in the Twitter world where they can find you, what's going on, all that kind of stuff. All right. So uh, Jesse Moeller, you can search that on Twitter or just find me on Twitter at jmoeller05. Um, I'm on there all the time. You could find me. My podcast, Rantings of a Fantasy Football Fanatic. You can find me on Instagram. It's all the same hashtag, so jmoeller05. YouTube, TikTok, all those places. That's where you can find me. And then you can find my written work, P2W, who I'm with John there, or at the League Winners. So you can find me in either one of those places. And, yeah, thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it. It was great to be here.
Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being part of the, uh, the broadcast today. Again, join the PW Patreon if you get a chance. Nick's got all kind of good stuff up there. I just yap on this uh, thing and I write some stupid stuff on Twitter once in a while. I kind of fill up my time right with family stuff, some other stuff I think is important, but you know, whatever. It's uh, I use it like almost like Facebook sometimes, but you know, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, do what you enjoy, right? I enjoyed. It. I had a good time. I had a good family life. I had a good life. You know, four kids, great wife, good uh, good personal life, kind of good party life. I got a lot of good friends. I start a new draft this year, so a new my another another Fighting Glen Dynasty Home League. So hey man, thanks for making the Commission Evaluation Podcast or show uh, a success. Thanks for being awesome, and we're gonna have to have you in our show again where we do the whole get to know you, all that kind of stuff, right? Of course, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was happy to have you, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. It's it's an honor to be on here. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Get better. Hopefully, everybody gets rid of that foot mouth disease stuff, and we'll uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. see you around, man.